are now listening to the Autoimmune Doc Podcast with Dr. Taylor Crick. Dr. Taylor is an expert in helping those suffering with autoimmune disease, and he himself has autoimmune disease. Autoimmunity is rampant today. The purpose of this podcast is to educate about the underlying causes and natural solutions to halt autoimmune disease progression. This podcast is for educational purposes only and is not intended as medical advice. For more information from Dr. Taylor, visit www.autoimmuneeducationacademy.com. Without further ado, here's your host, Dr. Taylor Crick. Welcome to the Autoimmune Doc Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Taylor Crick. I love teaching about the mechanisms of autoimmune disease and chronic chronic disease in general. I believe that when you understand the mechanisms, the solutions become obvious. For more information, you can visit our website at www.autoimmuneeducationacademy.com where you can sign up for our email list. You can look at lab testing options, supplements, see my YouTube channel with a lot of other videos and articles, and there's a ton of educational information on that website. And then lastly, there are a lot of people out there looking for podcasts like this. It might be your mom. It might be your friend. It might be your daughter. It might be your you know, your neighbor. Who knows? But somebody out there is looking for a podcast like this. Or some of the information that I'm going to go through today is going to remind you of somebody you know, especially in today's episode. Somebody you know, I'm willing to guarantee it, is in the boat that we're going to talk about today. So please share this podcast with them or subscribe, give us a rating, give us a review. All of those things help other people find our podcast. So today's episode is about three different types of autoimmune patients and some of the most common signs or symptoms of how do you know which one you are and, and what what how, what changes in our approach with each of these three types of, of people. So this is, uh, you know, not that different from episode number three, I think it is, which is three stages of autoimmune disease. Um, so if you, if you haven't listened to that episode, listen to it because obviously each of those three stages, if you're in stage one, you're one type of autoimmune patient. If you're in stage two, you're another type. And if you're in stage three, you're the, the third type. So uh, maybe I should have differentiated those a little bit more or combined them a little bit more. Um, but that will be you know relevant to today's episode. So the three types of autoimmune patients and you know which are you and what do you need to consider with each of them? Uh, this is kind of in reverse order of the three stages of autoimmune disease. So the first type of autoimmune patient are those with diagnosed autoimmune disease. Okay, so sometimes, and meaning that these are like the three types of people that come to me. Um, so sometimes somebody comes and they know they have autoimmune disease. Maybe they know they have celiac disease or they have uh, primary biliary cirrhosis or they have MS or they have Hashimoto's. Those are some of the most common. And so that's one type of patient. So, with, And the point is that from an approach standpoint, with those people, we don't need to do a, a ton of lab testing and try to figure out what's going on. A lot of the people that come to me, and a lot of this this podcast episode is going to be spent on, on person number two. A lot of the people that come to me, they come to me because nobody has helped them figure out what's wrong with them. 
and they've been to their general practitioner, they've been to their specialists, they've had labs, they've had all kinds of stuff. So, so number one is kind of like a slam dunk of like, hey, you come to me with celiac, and there's a few things that we have to figure out. So no matter what, when somebody comes to me with autoimmune disease, without autoimmune disease, with with autoimmune process, or, or in general, there's certain things that I want to see lab-wise. So I'm just going to get those out of the way because I want to see these with everybody. I want to see their CBC, their metabolic panel, their thyroid function. I want to see their iron. I want to see their vitamin D. I want to see their ferritin. I want to see some inflammatory markers. And, and that's going to be with everybody. But again, if somebody comes in with with let's say celiac disease, uh, you know, that's a big deal. But the first question that I'm asking, and they might think they're just here for their celiac. And, and, and so this is really, really important concept to understand. But the first con- the first question that we're asking is, where else is it? Where else do you have autoimmunity? Because that's part of the autoimmune process is that when it's attacking one area, like in celiac, it's attacking the gut it's often attacking other areas. And in fact, with Hashi's, Hashimoto's, there's actually what's known as a Hashimoto's triad, which is Hashi's, celiac, and pernicious anemia, which is, uh, it affects intrinsic factor or parietal cells of the, of the stomach and blocks B12 absorption. Um, so it's a B12 deficient anemia. So we, it, we will often see that. So sometimes when somebody comes in, again, they come in with celiac, and then we might find that they have, have it somewhere else. So a couple examples of like, you know, uh, one that comes to my mind, a, a rheumatoid arthritis patient who came in with rheumatoid arthritis, but as we're looking, she also has Hashimoto's. So if we go and we look, we can often find that the autoimmune process is happening in other places. Um, I'm just pulling up even a lab right now of somebody that I was thinking of that, that again, had celiac. And so we, and has had it for years, you know, for, for, you know, 20 years. So she's eaten gluten-free for 20 years. At, but she, even when she was diagnosed, it was kind of by a random biopsy. It wasn't a random, like, you know, it, it wasn't like she was having a lot of symptoms, so they don't even know how long she had it beforehand. So I, when I explained this concept to her, it was like, uh-oh, let's go and look and see where else you have it. And this person does not have a ton of autoimmune reactivity. But what we look at in this case, if we want to see where else is it, we look at something called Cyrex Array 5, which is it looks at 24 different tissues at once to see where else is autoimmune attacking. So even if somebody has Hashi's or they have RA or they have MS, we want to know where else is it attacking. And so for this person, her arthritic peptide uh, antibodies were high. So she's got an arthritis-type autoimmune process, an arthritic type of inflammation, an autoimmune inflammation in the joints, and so a joint pain would be an expectation. And I will tell you that she, you know, she's getting, a, she's getting older, of course, and joint pain was certainly something that she dealt with. Uh, another one uh, is myelin, myelin basic protein. So we saw some autoimmune reactivity against myelin, which is not good. You know, that's, that's MS, that's different de- demyelinating diseases, can, can be other things besides MS. Um, 
but that there's autoimmune reactivity against the myelin sheath of her nerves. And then the last one, which is actually the highest number-wise, is cerebellum. And the cerebellum is a very, very common area that people may not know. Like they may, they may know that they have RA or celiac or Hashi's because they're easy to find. That's why they're the most common. Lupus is easy to find. Rheumatoid arthritis is easy to find. Hashimoto's is easy to find. Um, celiac, not quite as easy. You know, you got to get pretty invasive to get the true diagnosis. MS, again, you got to get fairly invasive to get the true diagnosis. But some of these are fairly easy to find. But you may also have reactivity like in the cerebellum, for example. And so that may be, um, you may have anxiety. You may have trouble like gating your senses. You may have, uh, you know, like if your kids are screaming and the TV's on and the pot's boiling and the dog's barking, you're like going to rip somebody's head off. You may get car sickness, motion sickness, different things for cerebellar reactivity. But so anyway, that's somebody with diagnosed autoimmune disease. We have to look at where else is it. And then we have to look at what's driving it. And, and if you haven't, you know, go back to our past episode about the five drivers and we talk about what's, what's driving this. So for this, uh, you know, celiac person, again, gluten is not driving her autoimmunity. She hasn't had it for 20 years. But what else could be driving it as far as foods, as far as gut health, as far as, you know, toxins and, and the other things that we talked about, the five drivers of autoimmunity. And then we want to see, you know, some markers again. So we want to see where else is it? What's driving it? So that could come also from a history, you know, more from a history than, than anything. You know, the history is what leads us to labs, but I'm not super lab heavy I'm more super history heavy of, hey, let's, let's figure out which one of these seems like it's the biggest driver for you and then look at it. So we want to look at what's driving it. Again, foods, gut, um, all those things are relevant. Toxins, stress, um, hormones, all those things super relevant. Uh, and then we want to see you know how bad is it. So if somebody has autoimmune disease, it's like, okay, how bad is it? Um, and going back to this celiac person, you know, what, what I did was a Cyrex array two, looking for leaky gut. And I just pulled it up cause I forgot and it was all green. So leaky gut was not the driver. If her autoimmune process is continuing to get worse, leaky gut is not the driver. Um, or, or, you know, it still, maybe there's still maybe dysbiosis and some other things gut wise, certainly, but I wouldn't be going after gut health uh, with a lab test that, that, that looked like that necessarily. Um, but how bad is it? So looking at inflammatory markers, things like C-reactive protein, homocysteine, vitamin D, uh, TGF-beta is a big one that I do a lot, TNF-alpha. I know I did a TNF-alpha on this person, and I know it was elevated. Um, so she did have you know just a lot of, of just – inflammation, inflammatory cytokine activity. Glyc A is another inflammatory marker. So again, we're looking at if somebody with autoimmune disease, we want to know where else is it, what's driving it, and how bad is it? And, and by answering those three questions, we're going to be able to put together a pretty good plan or a protocol, meaning like where else is it? Well, if it's in your brain, that, that's a big deal. 
uh, as opposed to if it's in your stomach. You know, if, you, if it's in your stomach, it's still a big deal, but not as big a deal as the brain. I think we all understand that. Um, and then how bad is it? You know, if it's not that bad, if, if your reactivity is not that bad, if things aren't getting much worse, then what we need to do is just work on a management plan as opposed to if somebody comes in and they're like, you know, really, really flared, then we got to get them out of that flare before we can, you know, manage that. Number two, person number two is the person with possible autoimmunity. And I'll tell you, person number three is probably the person with no idea. So that might have autoimmunity, but you know, who, who, who knows who cares? I guess we're not going to spend a lot of time on number three, but the rest of the podcast, we're going to talk about this person, uh, person number two, those with possible autoimmunity. So again, a lot of people come to me because nobody's been able to help them. Um, and, and they have, you know, let's say, let's just throw some things out there. They have Stomach pains, headaches, brain fog, and you know some some numbness and tingling out into their extremities, and they've been to their general practitioner. They've had labs run. A lot of my patients, it's like, hey, there's nothing wrong, or we can't find anything wrong. We don't even know where else to send you. I also see people, you know, that have been to. A lot of them, I, you know, I guess uh, have been to ENTs, have been to allergists, have been to, they've had their thyroid looked at. Uh, all of them have had their thyroid looked at. Um, and yeah, and, and you know, they'll come in and they'll say things like, oh, you know, my doctor ran a ton of labs. And I'll look at their labs and it's like, no, they didn't. <laughs> they ran like the, the, the very, very basics. They ran like the first grade version of labs. It just looked like a lot to you when you logged into your my charts, but they they barely even scratched the surface. But nobody's been able to help them, and they might have again. They have weird symptoms, or they're not necessarily weird, but they can't find anything. Like for headaches, for example. Well, if they might try something, but if they're not migraines, they're probably not going to jump for powerful pharmaceuticals, and they're probably going to recommend you know Advil, Aleve, Tylenol ibuprofen, things like that, and, and not be able to find, you know, many, many answers. Um, so, so those with possible autoimmunity, or another thing that people say is they'll come in and they'll say, oh, my doctor tested for autoimmunity and it was negative. For, no, no, they didn't. Uh, no, they absolutely did not. Uh, usually when somebody says that or when a doc says that, first off, it's complete BS. They looked for ANAs usually only, which is like in my practice, I, I don't know. I mean, I would say that even even in the autoimmune world, one out of every 20 people have a positive ANA, let's say. Um, so it's very, very rare, but there's all kinds of tissue antibodies that, that people can have. And they have an autoimmune process going on. And going back again to those three stages, they don't have an autoimmune disease, but they have an autoimmune process going on that's causing their weird symptoms. I can tell you of one person who came in and she said, she said, uh, and, 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 she said, okay, I've had a history of stomach pains, but I've been to every doctor and I've tried everything. And so I don't even want to try to work on those. I'm here for my headaches. So, okay, well, uh, interesting. Um, and then she also was having joint pain that was getting worse. So we ran, again, this uh, Cyrex Array 5, the multiple tissue autoimmune panel. 
and found that she has autoimmune reactivity in her brain that was contributing to her headaches, in her stomach that was contributing to her history of autoimmune gastritis, autoimmune stomach pain. And then she's have autoimmune reactivity against connective tissues or, or joint spaces in some shape. I don't think it was joints. I think it was actually like collagen antibodies or something like that. Um, but again, she doesn't have any autoimmune diseases, but she has autoimmune reactivity in all of these different areas causing symptoms in all of these different areas, but it's subclinical. It's not diagnostic. So who, what are the signs of possible autoimmunity? Well, again, weird symptoms in several different systems. It might be, uh, you might get, you know, joint pain and brain fog and hair loss and, you know, stomach, stu- uh, you know, diarrhea. Um, or you might just have, you know, again, like the obvious ones, if you're pooping blood, you'd probably pretty good sign that you should go get checked out and you might have ulcerative colitis or, or Crohn's or something like that. But a lot of these people, it's, it's, it's weird symptoms. And again, I'd say headaches, fatigue, anxiety, uh, neurological autoimmunity is not something that's readily detected, but it's very, 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 very prevalent. Um, so yeah, uh, another red flag is a family history. Um, I'll tell you in both of these cases that I've kind of been mentioning, I see other members of their family. Um, so one of them, you know, a daughter with Hashimoto's, uh, one of them, you know, some other people that have known autoimmunity in their family. So that's a red flag. So if somebody comes into me and they've got a myriad of symptoms with no diagnoses, and they say, oh, my mom has celiac, my mom has PBC, my aunt has MS, and my grandmother had Parkinson's. I'm thinking red flag, red flag, red flag, red flag, red flag. Or if somebody says, my mom has Hashimoto's, my sister has RA, and my other sister has MS, I'm thinking, what do you have? You got something. Um, and I could be wrong, you know, for sure. So don't, don't you know, take this with a grain of salt. I'm, I'm just sharing my thoughts. But we're going to go and we're going to look and confirm that. Um, we're not going off, off hunches. Uh, another one is they have good days and bad days. So a lot of people, and there's no rhyme or reason. So they might like cut gluten out and they might feel okay for five days. And then they might feel worse three days after that and think, gosh, well, gluten wasn't the answer. And then they try something else. So a lot of autoimmune patients, they're really frustrated. They've tried everything. I see people bring in, you know, garbage bags of, of supplements and, and they're all good. A lot of times they're all good. They're all quality. They're all make sense. They're all things that we sell, but they just don't know which ones to take in which order and, and for the right, you know, right mechanism. Uh, and, and there's a, there's a proper order to all these things. Um, so they can't find a trigger. They think, you know, they're racking their brains of like, boy, you know, I thought it was peanuts, but now it's not. And and I thought it was this, but then all of a sudden I I was doing really well, but now I'm doing really bad again. And I still haven't eaten this or I'm still meditating or I'm still taking turmeric or or whatever the case may be. Uh, So they've tried a lot of things and they've been a lot of places in the alternative world too. and, And they've had, you know, they're confused. They've They've tried like a South Beach diet and they've tried Whole30 and they've done, maybe they felt better on like, sometimes the worst is like they tried like a 
like a grain heavy diet and they felt better or they tried like high sugar and they felt better it's like ah shoot i i wish you hadn't had that experience because i don't think that it's serving you in the long run but still our, our number one goal is helping the patient feel better but as long as it's not jeopardizing their long-term health or making their autoimmune process worse so again these three types of people well i i see a varying degrees and, and let me continue i guess on this that sometimes we don't need to know if it's autoimmune or not. Sometimes it doesn't change what we're doing. That Cyrex Array 5 that I was referring to, as far as cash-based labs, it's one of the more expensive labs that I offer. Um, so, you know, sometimes people don't want to spend the money for that because all it does is tell them, hey, you, you have autoimmunity in these areas. Um, sometimes when things are mysterious and, and things are like, sometimes my patients like, oh, my anxiety is so much better. My digestion is so much better, but boy, now I'm starting to get this dizziness. They're like, okay, we got to go and we got to look and, and figure out if you have neurological autoimmunity, but sometimes we, we never really know. And we can just assume, you know, if somebody comes in and their mom has, has, has MS and they've got X, Y, and Z thing, and they've got, you know, rampant gut problems and stuff, you know, I might suggest, let's look at some of these other things. Let's look at your gut and see if there's candida overgrowth. Let's look at your thyroid. Let's look at your vitamin D and your inflammatory markers and some of these other things that, in my opinion, might be more urgent or might be more relevant as we're getting started. And sometimes it's like, hey, this sounds like autoimmune, but I don't know for sure. And right now, who cares? We just know we need to get you feeling better and get you out of this flare. And nobody ever has a problem with that. So those are the three types of autoimmune patients. Um, again, you know, sometimes if you have a diagnosed autoimmune condition, you know you're autoimmune, then yes, we treat you like an autoimmune case right off the bat. But let's say that somebody doesn't have autoimmune reactivity but they still have symptoms, well, there's no harm in treating them like an autoimmune case the exact same way because guess what's still going to matter? Their diet, their toxins, their stress, their hormones, their hidden infections. That's the approach that we're going to take with every single person. But many, 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 many people have autoimmune reactivity. They do not know it yet. If we did a lab test on you know, 100 people my age, I, I'm not willing to throw out a number, but I'm willing to guarantee that we'd be shocked at how many people have self-tissue antibodies, have autoantibodies, and some of them are feeling, feeling the effects, some of them aren't yet, but those, excuse me, those self-tissue antibodies will eventually lead to symptoms or lead to, you know, autoimmune damage and can potentially uh, lead to, again, a, an autoimmune disease. So hope that is helpful, uh, the three types of autoimmune patients. So again, if you, um, you know, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, make sure you go back and you check out some of the old episodes. You know, there's just a handful of them, but go to www.autoimmuneeducationacademy.com for show notes, to look at lab testing, to look at this Cyrex Array 5 that I mentioned, a really, really, really useful test to just know if you have autoimmunity. I think I have some videos about Cyrex Array 5 going through some examples of some things that we've found. I've also had it come back negative 
you know, many times, which, which really sucks again, because I, f- I feel guilty because it's expensive, but whatever. I mean, at least we ruled out autoimmunity and it's a blessing that you don't have autoimmunity, but I do see it negative sometimes. And then it's like, okay, you don't have autoimmunity, but we still got to do all the things. Sign up for our email list. Um, and yeah, subscribe so that you can know when more episodes come out. And, and, and with that, you know, again, I think I already mentioned everything I need to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go to the website, all the things, sign up. Yeah. See you next time.